0: Welcome to Mars Messina Presents. I am your hostess, Mars Messina, here in the wee hours of a Saturday morning when dr- drunks bray and dogs yell and trucks barrel down the street. It's episode five already, and the topic for today is the mystery of sleep. Sleep. The question being, why do human beings sleep? And the answer being, no one really knows for sure. Sleep is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. And today we're going to be talking about different theories of sleep. But before I talk about that, I would like to talk about the difference between a hypothesis And a theory. So a hypothesis is a tentative explanation or an assumption before research is done. Whereas the theory is a substantiated explanation of an occurrence, making it more likely to be true than a hypothesis. So there's been research, decades of research done on sleep, But still, we really don't know what it is. What we do know is that various somatic functions cycle along an eternal master clock. And one of those functions is a circadian rhythm drive. So circadian rhythms, you've probably heard of them. They run in the background to carry out essential functions and processes in the central nervous system. And one of the most important and well-known circadian rhythm is the sleep-wake cycle. So the circadian rhythm, throughout, they run throughout the body and they're connected to the aforementioned master clock, which is sometimes referred to as the circadian pacemaker. And this pacemaker is located inside the hypothalamus part of the brain. At different times times of the day, clock genes in the hypothalamus send signals to regulate activity throughout the body. Now, the hypothalamus, part of it is very highly sensitive to light. So for this reason, circadian rhythms are closely connected to day and night. While other cues like exercise, social activity, and temperature can affect that master clock, light is the most powerful influence on circadian rhythms. Now going forward, I'm going to mostly be talking about a healthy body and healthy sleep patterns. There's so much information out there about unhealthy sleep patterns, And you can look them up, but I'm going to talk more about how everything should be functioning. So this circadian pacemaker, think about it, is a kind of thermostat for the body. While the circadian rhythms are the energy that's generated, but instead of working with heated or cool air, these particular components are working with light. So sleep is activated and deactivated depending on how much light there is or isn't. So let's talk about the structure of the sleep pattern. So like I said, there are sleep theories and there are four main ones in this attempt to answer the question why we sleep. Now the first two are actually based in evolution. And the first one is Energy conservation. So, if you think about it, light—I'm sorry—night is least efficient. Um, is the least efficient time to hunt for food. So it's dark out. It's very hard to find food, and that's why people want to sleep. And their meta- the metabolism goes down to about ten percent during sleep. And then there's. Um, the theory of inactivity. So creatures who are inactive at night are less likely to die from predation or injury in the dark because sleep is such a vulnerable act that you don't want to be seen sleeping. And then um, the next two theories are probably the ones today that are most talked about. And um, the third one is restoration. So we're talking about repairing and repleting cellular components that are necessary for biological function. So think about muscle maintenance and repair and tissue growth, protein synthesis. These are proven to occur during sleep. Now, during our waking hours, we actually experience neurological damage. Think about it, we're human beings, we're going to die someday, so we become feeble and inefficient with time. So yes, on a daily basis, we're breaking down. But during the sleep hours, that the resulting debris that are the damaged genes and proteins within the neurons those get cleaned out. So think about the brain having a streets and sanitation department. So those hormones um, go in during sleep time, um, specifically T cells. T cells are released, keeping the immune system tuned, and glucose and hormones are regulated to balance the metabolism, and even our emotions are stabilized and memory is kept sharp. So yes, it's working with us, this um, streets and sanitation on a somatic body level, but also our mind, it's, it's repairing our mind as well. And then the fourth um, theory of sleep is brain plasticity. So yes, your brain is plastic and it can be formed in different shapes. So, neurological reorganization is taking place during sleep, as is the brain's ability to respond to input and growth of brain structure. so think about it. infants, why do they they sleep 14 hours? And the answer to that is because there's a they're they're in a major growth stage, so fourteen hours um, for an infant is normal uh And sleep causes changes in the outer layer of the cortex and in the thalamus and in the brainstem during sleep. So these um, components work with heart rate and breathing. So sleep is essential to health, not only physical health, but mental health. Now, the main hormone that is produced during sleep is melatonin. <clears throat> you have probably heard of melatonin. So again, we're going back to light. When the brain senses light via the circadian rhythm, it turns off melatonin. But at night, melatonin is released from the pineal gland. And Also, the growth hormone is released. Now, the growth hormone is exactly what it sounds like. It helps you grow when you're young and a child. And then once you become an adult, it repairs your cells. So all throughout our lives, we're releasing melatonin and growth hormone during sleep. Now, again, when awake, the melatonin and the growth hormones are turned off and cortisol is the hormone that is turned on, and cortisol is the hormone for energy, anxiety, increased temperature, and respiration, things we need when we're awake and active. Now, these theories are non-exhaustive and not all-inclusive. We still haven't completely figured out the mystery that is sleep. So these sleep theories are also bound in, I believe I mentioned this, memory processing, emotional stability inside the brain's rinse cycle. And that's even more of a mystery. And then scientists pose another question. Do we sleep in order to activate these processes or... Do we carry these activities out during sleep because it's more efficient to perform them at night as opposed to day? Good questions. No one knows. Oh, and here's another mystery behind sleep. It's what's called the sleep drive. So... It's really clear why we need to eat and drink and reproduce. Therefore, we hunger, we thirst, and we experience sexual attraction. Well, like these, sleep is also a somatic craving. But, but, unlike eating, sleeping, and reproducing, the body forces us to sleep. Now, the body yearns for eating and drinking and and reproducing, but the body does not force us to do these things. But after a certain point, you will fall asleep. That's how important it is to the body function. So now we're looking at the sleep architecture, which comprises of the various cycles and stages of sleep. So the sleep cycle is an inner mechanism that tracks your sleeping patterns. It actually wakes you up during your lightest sleep phase, which is why it is said people can wake up just before their alarms go off. Now the first sleep cycle of the night is the shortest and it lasts between 70 and 100 minutes while later cycles last between 90 and 120 minutes. The average sleep-wake cycle is comprised of four stages of sleep. Now, some say there are five stages. There's um, like an extra deep sleep phase, but it's not very detailed, so that's often left out. You cycle through most of these stages throughout the night. Now... We have stage one, which is a non-REM sleep. It's also known as N1. And N1's normal length is one to five minutes. So we quickly go into stage two, which is also non-REM. It's known as N2. And N2's normal length is 10 to 60 minutes. From there, we go into stage three. Again, it's a non-REM cycle. It's known as N3, but it's also known as slow wave sleep, delta sleep, or deep sleep. And its normal length is 20 to 40 minutes. And then finally, we're at stage four, REM, short for rapid eye movement. And the normal length of REM is... 10 to 60 minutes. Now I will go into the details of each stage. So in stage one, we're just dozing off. We're not fully relaxed. And there might be a bit of muscle twitching as the body and the brain slow down. It's very easy to wake up, but you can quickly go back to sleep if undisturbed. You won't go back to stage one for the remainder of the night unless you wake up for whatever reason. Now, here is where our parasympathetic nervous systems are turned on. So, we have our central nervous system, and the central nervous system is comprised of two parts the uh, sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic nerv- nervous system is fight or flight, whereas, Parasympathetic is feed and breed. So during the day when you're active and you need to be thinking and doing, sympathetic nervous system is turned on. And when you're trying to sleep or you're trying to eat, doing something less active but just as needed, parasympathetic gets switched on. Stage two You are in a very subdued state. There's a drop in body temperature. Your muscles relax. Slowed breathing and heart rate. Again, parasympathetic nervous system takes over. Your brain waves develop a new pattern with short bursts of activity that help you resist being woken up by external stimuli eye movement stops this N2 phase makes up half of your entire sleep time stage 3 is deep sleep in this stage it is harder to rouse someone awake muscle tone pulse breathing rate are very slow Brain produces delta waves that are critical to restorative sleep, mental equilibrium, and bodily recovery and growth. It's in this stage that we get our immunity bolstered. Um, Our insightful thinking is sharpened, as is our creativity and memory. We spend most of our deep sleep in the first half of the night. Every subsequent cycle through stage three is shorter, so that more time is devoted to REM. And finally, here we are, stage four REM, rapid eye movement. The body activity actually picks up nearing levels seen when awake, yet at the same time, the body is in atonia, which means temporary paralysis of the muscles. Now that said, it is said that the reason we go into kind of a paralyzed state during REM is so that we don't act out our dreams. Now we've heard of sleepwalkers, but this is something different. I'm still talking about a healthy sleep pattern. So we're in Atonia, we can't move, except with two exceptions. Your eyes are moving rapidly, REM, so the muscles of the eyes still work, and the muscles that control breathing, the diaphragm, the intercostal muscles, the SEM, lats, etc. Cognitive function is active. So memory, learning, creativity, all active, as are vivid dreams. Have you ever solved a problem during a dream? I know I have, and I have sleep problems, but I know I get into REM because I have very, very vivid dreams. And in in those dreams, I often work out a problem. So dreams though, they can actually occur in any stage of sleep, but they're less common and less intense in the non-REM stages. Normally, REM cannot be achieved until you have been sleeping for 90 minutes. As the night goes on, REM stages get longer, especially during the second half of the night, lasting a few minutes to an hour. And REM takes up about 25% of adult sleep. So how do we get to a healthy sleep pattern? So that we can be optimal in our thinking and in our physical abilities. Um, You have to think about sleep hygiene. And what is sleep hygiene? It's scheduling, it's environmental, and it's your habits. So let's talk about the schedule. Now everyone is different. There's people who have to work third shift, Um, some people just think and do better during the night than the day. So we're all a little bit different, but generally speaking, going to bed early and waking up early is the best case scenario. But in any case, whether you're a night owl or you're an early riser, it's best to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. So you're training your body for sleep. Because no matter who you are, it's very important. Uh, Some people who might have problems, though, um, you might have insomniacs. You might have um, people who are blind because they can't sense light in the same way people with sight can. Um, People who are alcoholic, um, you know, and any kind of stress that keeps you awake. these people are, if their circadian rhythms are way off. So sleep hygiene becomes very important to them too, um, or maybe especially them. Your environment should be cool, quiet, and dark. So no TV set in your bedroom, especially the news. Shut that off. Your mattress, your pillow, your sheets should be cool. Um, there's, there's products on, you know, on the stores now that you can get a cooling mattress or a cooling pillow that will help you sleep. And some mattresses, some people need to be propped up or have their knees up. So there's all kinds of things on the market now, um, that will help you get a better sleep. And then finally, your habits, you need to maintain a healthy diet. You need to exercise. If you nap, keep the naps short. And avoid caffeine and alcohol before going to bed. And for many people, um, you shouldn't eat maybe three hours before going to bed at least. And use your bedroom for sleeping and intimate activity only. Don't do anything that promotes stress and anxiety in the bedroom. So you might want to develop rituals like a warm bath before bed, reading something very soothing, listening to soft music, or doing a meditation. And actually, ladies and gentlemen, that's how we're going to end today's podcast. With our bedtime stories from the acoustic bookshelf, I am going to guide you through a meditation. So you can listen to this now. If you're listening now and it's daytime, sunny, whatever, go ahead and listen to this but then again come back to it tonight before you go to bed to help you sleep so without further ado i am going to guide you through a meditation and hopefully that will help you sleep and i'm going to wait for this siren to go by because i don't know if you can hear it i can hear it um with a little prayer that whoever is in trouble is okay, or will be okay. Anyway, <clears throat> what I want you to do now is to lay down on your back. You could be on your bed, you can be on a yoga mat on the floor, or in the grass. But I want you to just lay down on your back, palms open, facing up toward the sky, and start to go into deep breaths deep inhales and slow exhales inhale for a full four seconds suspend the breath for two seconds don't exactly hold your breath but just suspend just stop for a moment and then exhale draw out the exhale for four seconds six seconds eight seconds but really try to draw out that Exhale so that it's a little bit longer than the inhale. So inhale for four seconds. Suspend the breath for two. Exhale six seconds or eight seconds. Just keep breathing like this. Inhale, exhale. inhale deeply exhale slowly bring your focus to your head unfurrow the brow let your eyeballs fall back into the sockets if your tongue is pasted to the roof of your mouth release it unclench your teeth Unclench your jaw and relax the tongue away from the roof of the mouth. Now take a big swallow to open up the throat center. Inhale again. And on your exhale, imagine your head and your shoulders sinking into the ground. Inhale again, getting length and expansion in your chest. And then on your next exhale, watch your chest and your arms and your hands sink into the ground. Inhale, clench your fists really, really, really tight. And exhale, just let them relax. inhale and exhale watch as the belly and the pelvis and your legs sink into the ground inhale and exhale watch your feet sink into the ground and fall out to the sides and lay here and breathe deep inhales slow exhales Now picture a mirror image of yourself. You're just standing there in the form that you're in with the palms out and your feet splayed to the side, but you're just kind of standing. When you notice a red spinning wheel hanging out, maybe three inches in front of your pelvic region, and that wheel is red and it's spinning. And it could be shining red, it could be sparkling, it could be a deep red, whatever kind of red you want. Picture that spinning wheel out in front of your pelvis. Now keep this image as you now notice a golden aura all around your body, extending out about two feet from all sides, two feet above you, two feet below you, Feet to your sides, to your front, to your back, and on diagonals. This giant orb, gold, is surrounding you like amniotic fluid for a baby. Keep breathing deep inhales, slow exhales. Now 10 feet above you is a white gold orb and this white gold orb it could represent god it can represent a guardian angel it can represent the sun or whoever or whatever you consider protection and something or someone who is always with you continue to keep this image as you breathe deeply, slowly. Now, you start to notice that your daily stresses are floating around in this golden aura that is surrounding your body. Watch now as each of these worries leaves the aura and enters into the spinning red wheel at your pelvis. And watch those worries spin around kind of like watching the washing washing machine. Now keep up with this activity, watching each and every worry that you have coming out of the golden aura and into the red spinning wheel at your pelvis. Keep with this activity. Deep inhales. Slow exhales. Now you notice a hollow, thick tether that is forming between the spinning red wheel into the earth and down through into the core of the earth. So you're kind of anchored now to the core of the earth. Now this tether is whatever fun color you want it to be, but it's hollow. And now what you're seeing are the stresses the anxieties, the fears, and the worries emptying out of the red wheel, going down through the tether, and down into the core of the earth. And once those stresses, fears, and worries get down to the core of the earth, they are burned and released somewhere else as pure new energy. Inhale deeply exhale slowly. Keep meditating on this visual, watching each of your sources of pain and frustration empty out of your aura, and into the spinning wheel, then down the tether, which is a really fun color, and into the core of the earth, where they are burned and resurrected as new pure energy to be used elsewhere. Deep inhales, slow exhales. Now keep watching this meditation until you see a golden aura free of stress. An empty spinning red wheel and finally an empty tether. See the purifying fire below you in the core of the earth and the purifying but soft fire of the white gold orb that is always above you, always watching over you, always protecting you. Inhale for four seconds. Suspend the breath for two seconds. Draw out that exhale for six or eight seconds. Inhale deeply. Exhale slowly. Buona notte.